0: Welcome to the Arts V Podcast. This is Parshas B'Shalach Tavshin Pei Gimel. This week's podcast, To Start Looking Forward, We Must Stop Looking Backwards, is dedicated for the Ravuah Shlema of Chana Bas Yocheved and Aviva Bas Yocheved. Sponsorships are 180 US or 200 Canadian with both US and Canadian receipts available. It's a Pasuk, a Pasuk in this week's parsha that really lends itself to many readings. Simple reading, the technical reading is straightforward pasuk tells us you saw egypt today you won't see them ever again it's the pasuk right after kriyas yamsif right after we're saved and the egyptians are destroyed right when we're told that what happened will not happen again you're not going to see them again they're not going to bother you again they're the past they're not your future Now on the one hand, and this is certainly the standard reading and the correct reading and the traditional reading, it's technical and it's halachic. We're not allowed to live in Egypt. And what the Pasuk is telling us, you've seen them, you experienced time with them, you suffered with them, you were saved. Don't go back. Don't go back ever again. You're not allowed to live there. And it creates great dilemmas, actually, because there were all Jewish communities in Egypt for time immemorial. During the times of the Gemara, we had the community in Alexandria. The greatest Rishonim, the Rambam, the Radvaz, so many great Jewish authorities lived in Egypt up until the founding of Israel. There was a proud, strong community in Cairo. They lived there. They're violating halacha? Such great Jews would violate halacha? Such a huge Jewish community would violate halacha? So the Rishonim grapple with this, and they offer a whole range of answers. Radvaz, who himself lived in Egypt, writes that the Torah only bans going back to Egypt the way we left Egypt. We left through the desert. We're not allowed to travel back through the desert. But to go from other countries to Egypt, or even from Israel to Egypt, but not directly with the same route through the desert, wouldn't be prohibited. Or a redvah. the a The ritva says the prohibition only applies when you have a makam kadosh. When Jews live in Eretz Israel and the center of Jewish life is Eretz Israel and Eretz Israel is an option, then of course you shouldn't live in Egypt. To go from these great heights, Igra Rama to Abira Mikta, to the great depths of Egypt, no but when Jews live in Chutz with when the center of Jewish life is Chutz Laretz, then it's okay. Maybe it's not ideal, but it's not forbidden. That's the Ritva. There are those who say that the prohibition stands. kaftav writes at the Rambam, wrote in his letters, that Ani, about himself, I am somebody who was over Bechol Yom Every day I violated three prohibitions. And so, that's what many Rishonim say. That's dealing with this prohibition. It applies, it doesn't apply, it's extant, it's not extant. That's the simple, classic way of reading the Pasuk, and that's the correct way. But perhaps there's also an approach that involves homiletics, that involves drush, that involves the soul, not so much about the technical, but about the emotional, about the spiritual, about the relationship arena. And that would involve not so much about a prohibition of living in Egypt, Not so much the prohibition of visiting Egypt, but a larger prohibition, a more general prohibition. Maybe not a technical prohibition, but a statement the Torah is making. And that statement is, don't look back. Every one of us has bad experiences. Every one of us has had bad things happen during our history. Every one of us has been hurt. If we look back at what went wrong, we're never ever going to be able to look ahead at what needs to be right just the way the human mind is. You can look back, or you can look forward. You can't look in both directions at the same time. And when you look back, it dispirits you, and it pulls you down, and it de-energizes you, and it takes everything away, and you can't look forward. And so the Pasuk might be telling us, don't look back. And it might be the message of a wonderful story told about a Rebbe and a devoted Chassid. This Chassid was a wonderful man. A kind man, a Baal a man who gave heart and soul. A man was a good, good, good Chesed, a good, good, good person. But life took a terrible turn. His partner robbed him. His partner left town with all the money and he left all the Chayvis behind. And so he had to address those Chayvis and he didn't have the money with which to address those Chayvis. And so quickly, quickly, quickly he sank into bankruptcy. And the business was taken away. And the debtors came collecting. And he had done no wrong, and everyone knew that he had done no wrong. And he expected that the community would support him. Perhaps bail him out, perhaps a bridge loan. Something to help him get past this impasse. Something to allow him to rebuild for his sake, and truth be told, for their sake. Because he'd always been there for them. He had been generous, he had an open house and an open heart. But the community wasn't there for him. They didn't. No bridge loan, no forgiveness of debts, nothing. People just turned away. And they stopped talking to him. They were uncomfortable. They knew that they were wronging him, and they were just uncomfortable. So they stopped talking to him. So suddenly, it's not just his business that is lost, not just his money that is lost, but his relationships, his community standing, his support, really his identity. And his wife, she had been a good wife for many years, but she broke. She was used to a certain standard of living. She didn't have that. She was used to a certain place in society. She didn't have that. So much of what she was accustomed to, she just didn't have. And she couldn't deal with it. She couldn't leave her house in the morning. She couldn't go to the store in the afternoon. She couldn't face people. She knew what they were doing to him, her husband. She knew what they were doing to her. She knew what they were doing to her family. She just couldn't face people. And so gradually she withdrew, not just from the town, but from her husband. So much so that at a certain point she said, I just can't do this anymore. And she just left her husband. And she went to her parents. And her parents, rather than encouraging her and helping her rebuild with her husband, saying, you went through a difficult thing together, you'll get out of this together. Her parents encouraged her to separate. Maybe they never liked the Shadduch. Maybe they weren't good people. Maybe they just didn't have the courage. But they housed their daughter. They didn't encourage her to go back. So his community left him. His wife left him. His in-laws left him. And his one child, he had one child, one daughter. And she was delicate. And she had lived well. And she was accustomed to a place in society. And suddenly everything was taken away. Money and standing and relationships, everything was gone. And she just died. People die of a broken heart, and she died of a broken heart. And the Chassid, he can't take it anymore. And so finally he goes to his Rebbe, and he tells his Rebbe, I can't take it. I can't get up in the morning, and I can't go to sleep at night, and I can't function during the day, and I can't do anything, and I can't dream of rebuilding. Rebuilding for what? For a wife that I don't have? For a daughter that's dead? For an extended family that doesn't care? For a community that I'm not part of? I can't even imagine rebuilding, and I don't have the wherewithal. I don't have the funds. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? Should I survive? My business partner, my wife my in-laws, the community, the friends that I had, every single one has turned against me. What do I do? And you know what the Rebbe said? The Rebbe said, you're absolutely right. These are terrible people. They did terrible things to you. Don't let them get away. Don't forget. You've got to remember what they did to you. And I have an idea. I've got a way that you can remember. You've got bricks in your backyard. Take a brick for every person who turned on you. Your wife, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law, your neighbor, the Parnass, the neighbor on the other side of the street. Take rocks for each one of those people and put them in a sack. And every morning when you get up, I want you to leave your house and I want you to walk around your backyard with that sack on your back for an hour. You've got to remember what they did to you. You can't let them get away. You've got to go ahead and make that statement. This is the way it has to be. You're absolutely right. And the Rebbe says, and the Chassid listens. The Chassid takes these bricks, he puts them in a sack, and every morning he gets up and he walks around with a sack full of bricks for an hour, round and round his backyard, thinking about what his wife did, thinking about his in-laws, thinking about the president, thinking about the partners, thinking about the neighbor, thinking about everything and every terrible thing they did to him does this for a day, he does this for two, he does this for a week. And finally, on the eighth day, he goes to the Reb and he says, I can't do this. I can't keep carrying these, these rocks, these bricks, these weights on my back. I can't do it. I can't keep doing it. And the Rebbe, he takes the Chassid and he sits him down and he says, You're absolutely right. You can't carry these bricks on your back. Are you sure you can carry them on your heart? Let go. Let go of the bricks. Let go of the bricks on your back and let go of the bricks and your heart. And you'll see, little by little, you'll find the courage, the strength, the support to rebuild. Sure, people turned on you. They were confused. They made mistakes. They did the wrong thing. But at the end of the day, they're your community. And if they see that after this disaster you try to rebuild, you'll see some people will come through, and I'll make sure that they do. You'll see it's not going to be the same. Sure, your wife collapsed, and she shouldn't have. She should have been by your side. But at the end of the day, she's weak. I would also have been weak. Who knows? Everyone could have been weak. Give her an opportunity to come back. Tell her, yes, we went through something really bad. And yes, we didn't go through it together. But maybe we can rebuild together. And yes, your in-laws encourage that. And yes, maybe they never supported you. And yes, maybe they were always issues, but they were your in-laws. Find a way to make it work. You can't carry bricks on your heart. You can't carry bricks on your back. It's all the same. You're letting go of the bricks on your back. Let go of the bricks on your heart. It's a message to each and every one of us. Every one of us has been hurt. Every one of us has been disappointed. Every one of us has parts of our history that we would like to cut out. But every one of us has to tell ourselves we can't keep looking back at that. We can't keep carrying those bricks. We've got to let go. We've got to let go of the bricks on our back and we've got to let go of the bricks on our heart. Good Shabbos until next week.